We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Suter Sports Podcast, Jess and Meg edition on this OU Women's Wednesday. We've got a special one coming up for you today, but first want to thank you guys once again for uh, listening to Lindsey Gray Walton last week. If you did happen to miss it, you can uh, check them all out right there. Uh, subscribe to us. You can uh, listen to all the ones we've done and this is now week three and we are super excited about today's guest. Once again, I'm Jessica Cootie with Meg McDonald. And if there's anybody that knows and understands my excitement level for this today's <laughs> guest today, it's Meg McDonald. Hey, you could argue that Taylor Robertson is one of Jessica's favorite athletes at OU. And then Caitlin Milligan, she plays golf. She'll be the second interview, is one of my favorite athletes at OU. Golf and basketball, a great mix. But first, we start off with uh, Taylor Robertson. She's just the third OU sophomore to score 1,000 points joining elite company Courtney Paris and Aaron Ellenberg. Robertson drained 131 three-pointers during the season to break the OU single season record. Of course, that broke the Big 12 single season record as well that has stood since 2002. Jess knows she has such a pure shot. She's the first one in the gym, last one to leave. And Jess, you actually got to be on the call for her 1,000th career point. Yeah, uh, super, super big honor for me. I actually got to call Ana Yanusa's 1,000th point and Taylor Robertson's 1,000th point this season. Pretty, pretty special uh, for me as a lifelong Sherry Cole and Oklahoma women's basketball program. Uh, I think, you know, we get caught up in, in talking about um, Taylor Robertson in her records and what she's done, but I think it's just remarkable what she has to do night in and night out against defenses, doing everything they can to shut her down. I was able to work on a piece uh, this 
this year once she broke the record. I uh, kind of went into all the post-game press conferences when opposing teams would come to Oklahoma and ask them some questions about what it's like to face Taylor Robertson. And just, you know, hearing their take on, you know, we know that she can shoot it. I mean, obviously it's in the game plan. You, you might not have been able to tell with what she did, but we game plan for her. And, <laughs> you know, again, night in and night out, these, these coaches talking about there's nobody in the country doing what she's doing. She's the best shooter in the country. There's a reason why, look, you know, even opposing coaches, coaches take notice that she's the first person on the floor every single time she's there putting up shots over and over again. That pays dividends. And I, I don't know if you're not a basketball player, if you don't understand, you know, you, there are certain things that, yes, you were absolutely God-given you're born with. Um, it's a natural talent, but there are certain things that you were not. And the way that she, the way that she shoots the ball, she has worked for. She has put in the time to, to get to that level. We get to I, – I actually, you know, broke it down a little bit with her in this interview um, about kind of the ins and outs and maybe for somebody that's wanting to be a shooter like her, how you get to that level. But I, I also think important to note the way that the season ended, the way that it did, she led both the NCAA men's and NCAA women's in made three-pointers this year. So not even just the best women's three-point shooter, the best in all of college basketball across the entire country led every single three-point shooter in the nation this past year as just a sophomore. So again, all these records that we talk about, all these accolades and feats, just the very beginning of what Taylor Robertson is, is going to do throughout her career. So let us, let's uh, get right to it, shall we? So Taylor Robertson coming up right after this. And again, you're listening to the Sooner Sports Podcast brought to you in part by AT&T, America's Best Network, Academy Sports and Outdoors, the preferred sporting goods retailer of Oklahoma Athletics, Metroplex Electric, we can be your electrician and OU Extended Campus. Degrees online, on-site, on your schedule. Become the tradition. Welcome back to the Sooner Sports Podcast, everybody. And we are so pleased to welcome in the best shooter in all of college basketball, Taylor Robertson. First question for you, are the nets in your driveway completely worn down during this quarantine time? Yes, one already <laughs> ripped. We had to get a new one already. I knew it. I knew it. Hey, but you're loving uh, having the extra time to shoot, right? Oh, yeah. All day. Do you? Okay. Well, we know, I know that you have a routine that you kind of do sometimes like when you're at the gym, but is it the same now? Like what is your, what is your everyday daily routine when you're shooting right now? Um, sometimes it's a little different because I don't have a rebounder. Um, I do a different one if I'm by myself or if I can get somebody to rebound for me, then I do something similar that I would in a real gym but you don't really have to chase it very much right like because it goes in most of the time right so it's not like you need <laughs> that re rebounding is not that big of a deal for you so I'm told by your managers it's pretty easy job <laughs> yeah, it just yeah. comes right through the net you could just catch it <laughs> throw it back um well hey I I wanted to start with how how has life been how have you been kind of managing life without your typical routine uh what's it kind of been like for you um, it was kind of hard at first because I just felt like I was bored all day because I was used to like going to school and then having practices and like all kinds of like workouts and stuff. So it was a little bit of an adjustment, but um, just having all day to work out and like do it on my own time and spend time with my family. It's pretty cool That's in awesome. that way. Yeah. Um, if I would have told you at the beginning of the season that when the season ended, you would have led the entire country, both men's and women's NCAA basketball and made three-pointers, what would you have said? 
I don't know if I would have believed you at first because that's pretty cool. Um, I don't know. It's just, I thought that would have been really cool. It's, it's, I mean, and you did all season. That's what's crazy. And even at one point you were even, you had more made threes than James Harden and some of the NBA guys. Um, and, and at a higher percentage rate going into this season, I think everybody knew the kind of shooter you were after your freshman season. Did you do anything different to try to help prepare yourself for some of those defenses that you were going to see going in as a sophomore when the, the scouting report was out on you? Um, just like in the off season, um, especially with Jackie, um, we worked a lot in the summer um, reading screens and then finding different ways to use screens um, and just try to get more open looks. And then um, um, getting faster and stronger helped also whenever somebody's face guarding me the whole time um, just to try to get a free look. Is that, I mean, you've been face guarded your whole life, right? But I mean, it's probably a little bit different when you're facing some of these teams that have some really athletic guards, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, how much of it too is not just you kind of working on your, your game, but your teammates kind of figuring out how to set those screens how to find you in those open spots. How big of a role, role did that play as well? Um, it was huge. Um, like towards, like as the season went on, it almost became easier sometimes to get open looks for me because everybody started to kind of figure it out and compared to last year when it started happening a little bit, um, like just being able to have the experience of going against like that kind of defense uh, helped everybody out. So I get asked all the time about your quick release, you know, because you hear that all the time, uh, you know, between commentators, coaches, you know, I did a piece on with the Big 12 coaches and that was the first thing that they almost all of them said is that you can get it off so quickly that you don't need much space. How do you develop that quick of a release? Is that something that you've been focused on? Because it seems like it was even a little bit quicker this year than it was last year. Is that, um, is yeah. that the case? Was it? I think it is quicker, or it was quicker this year, um, but it's just because of so many reps um, and just, like, catching it and shooting, like, just catch and shoot, catch and shoot, catch and shoot, like, just over and over, and over time, um, it just got quicker, almost naturally. You have to tell yourself, like, you are you thinking in your mind, okay, I've got to shoot this quicker. It's like a, a can, like an effort, like a conscious effort every time you shoot that to make it quicker, right? Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, what about like, was that something that your dad kind of, once you started shooting the ball really well and, you know, cause I think for most people probably know your story by now that your dad was huge in helping you develop that shot. Was that something that you knew that you were going to have to do being that people were going to key in on you um, shooting, shooting the ball from the outside? Oh yeah. That was always something we worked on. We didn't want to have um, any wasted like motions in my shot and just catch it and go straight up with it. Um, just to try and be faster, especially once, like, I started playing in, like, high school and the bigger AAU tournaments because I just had to shoot it. Otherwise, I wouldn't get to shoot at all. So moral of the story here, folks, is if you want to shoot it like T-Rob, you better get your butt in the gym, in the driveway, <laughs> and you better get the shot ups, right? The shots up, right? Uh, if for somebody that's listening that has a daughter or maybe a high school player or a, a junior high, somebody that's listening right now, what advice would you give the, to them to become an elite shooter? Um, that you have to do it every day consistently. Um, you can't expect to become a really good shooter 
in like a month, two months, even like a year. It's just something that like is over time. You just have to get up three, four, 500 shots every day, like consistently for a really long time. And eventually um, you'll be a really good shooter. Do you have like a, a quick little routine or like a, you know, that you could, that people could start with? Um, yeah. Um, I, well, I normally do sometimes when I don't have like a lot of time to be outside, like weather or something, like it's about to like start raining, but I do um, 10 at each of the five spots form shooting, just like really close, just to like get my form going and like kind of warm up. And then um, I back it up to like 10, 15 feet and then do 10 at five spots again, and then back up, do threes, 10 at each spots, and then um, 50 free throws. That's just a quick, easy to get a bunch of shots up really quick. That's awesome. Hey, another, uh, you, you mentioned Jackie Styles, and I wanted to ask you about her because I think it's a really cool story that, you know, she was Sherry Cole's first recruit. And then, uh, you know, Coach Cole talked about how Jackie broke her heart when she uh, chose to go to uh, Missouri State. And then um, when Jackie was coaching there, she started recruiting you. And you, I think they were your first offer, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she comes to your house and your room is decorated in OU. And she said, I knew if Coach Cole offered her, she was going to OU. And then so it came full circle and you broke Jackie Styles' heart. So <laughs> take me back to when you first met. Well, did you know of her growing up as a player, like what she did as a, as a basketball player? Um, yes, I knew of her and I went to some of her basketball camps that she had. She had a couple in Wichita. I would go to those and... So I kind of knew her growing up, not really personally, but like we knew of each other a little bit. And then um, whenever she was at Missouri State, she was already like talking to me in like seventh and eighth grade and um, my early years in high school, just because we knew each other from her basketball camps. So was that a hard call for you to make to tell her, hey, I'm going to Oklahoma? Very hard. It really made me sad because I knew like how invested in me she was and because I called um, the head coach there and I told her to not tell Jackie yet because I wanted to be the one to call her to tell her um and I did and that was one of the hardest phone calls I've had to make so then take me through back through when you find out that she's going to come coach at Oklahoma being that you had such a special relationship already with her and then coach Cole did she tell you hey Jackie Styles is going to be our assistant coach. Like, what what were the, what were the emotions like for you when you found out she's going to come to Norman? Um, it was just crazy. It was hard to believe that was true because she wanted me so bad at Missouri State, and that she was actually going to come here and I'd be able to play for her. Like, it's hard to describe it because like we knew each other so well. Like, we talked on the phone for hours. Like, whenever she was recruiting me first, so for her to come to Oklahoma, it was just really special. That's awesome. So what has it been like working with her now? Because she's known for her work ethic, too. Um, I think pretty much all the great shooters are. Um, but, you know, she was relentless in her dedication to her shot as well. And, of course, left at the top of all the record books when she was done playing. So when you two get in the gym together now, what is that like? Um, it's just really cool. Um, I just try to learn as much as I can from her because she has such a great basketball mind, her IQ is just off the charts um just especially offensively and defensively um just like learning as much as I can like just picking your brain like on every single detail to just 
see like what she has like that I can learn from. Do you feel like, you know, because I don't know, this, this might sound like a crazy question or a weird question, but like, you know, I was asking her about this when she first started and that she's going to be in charge of the defensive scout because she had to go up against like some of the best defenses. Does that make you even more equipped, make her even more equipped to be able to, you know, build a defense because she knows what works type of deal. And you mm -hmm. too, like, you know what, how much of a nightmare it is some of the defenses are that you face. Yeah, for sure. Um, just because you're such, she's such, she was such a great offensive player that it's easy, almost easy for her to know how to stop other play, other great players too, because that's what she had to go against every night whenever she played. That's awesome. Um, okay, so I'm sitting here looking at, I think it's Steph Curry. I can only see, uh, yep, Steph Curry right over your shoulder. Um, you, you've told me this story before, but for some of those that might be listening that have not heard this story, just kind of walk us through, you, um, you watch a ton of game film on him. What is it about Steph Curry and how much have you taken away from his game and applied to yours? Um, he's probably one of the best shooters of all time in the NBA, but he's not just a shooter also. Um, just his ball handling skills. Um, he can do all kinds of crazy moves like in games to either get his shot off or get to the rim and finish. Um, and he's just a really good passer. Also, he makes some insane passes like no looks, all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, I just really like watching him, and that's who I want to shoot like. That's awesome. So rank me your top five favorite players of all time, basketball players. Of all time? Yep. Okay, Steph is one of them for sure. I would say Steph, MJ, LeBron, Kobe, Larry Bird. That's awesome. Love that. You threw Larry Bird in there. So are you a fan of Brady Manick's game then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, what about women growing up? Who did you kind of maybe look up to or maybe kind of role models for you? Um, Diana Taurasi. Yeah. Uh, and Sue Bird. Both of those were big for me. I really liked them still. So were you a UConn fan then? Yes, for a little <laughs> bit, for a little bit. But always OU. Oh, yeah. Always sure. OU. Um, I had another question about, um, just forgot what I was going to ask you about. Oh, the um, documentary uh, on Michael Jordan. Are you obsessed with it? <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. Yeah, I can't wait for Sundays now. What was your biggest takeaway from week one watching that? Um, MJ, he's just different. Like, in everything he does, he's a no-nonsense. Like, when he was playing, he was like, no-nonsense, just get in the gym and work. Um, like, we had no distractions. He was just focused on little things in his game. Um, and that uh, whenever he took, um, I think it was Danny Ainge golfing the day before <laughs> one of the playoff games, and then he was just trying to be his buddy and, like, almost, like, be friends with him. And then after they left, he told whoever else was with him that he better watch out in the next game and then dropped, like, 60-some on him. Yeah, um, I love just, that part. He's just insane. Do you, um, like, find yourself inspired? After, I mean, you already work a ton and spend a lot of time, but do you find yourself even more motivated after watching something like that? 
Oh yeah, for sure. Um, if it wouldn't have been so late and so dark where I can't even see outside, I would have went out and shot, but I was up the next morning going to shoot on my driveway. Um, it, it just makes me want to be like, just be like him, even though no one can be like him, but try and be as close to him as I can and just like work as hard as he worked all the time. Hey, didn't Larry Bird preach to shoot in the dark? I think he was a big, big advocate of shooting yeah. in the dark. <laughs> okay, so obviously there's still a lot of unknown with how th this thing is going to go down. But being that you guys kind of were starting to figure some things out and you were in so many games last year, how much confidence do you have kind of returning with this group of players? You guys are kind of have been so young, but when you do get back to it, how much different do you feel like it's going to be now that you're not a sophomore, you're not a freshman, you're kind of going to have that experience in your back pocket? Um, I think it's going to be totally different. Um, our whole team has so much experience, probably compared to most teams. We'll have the upper hand, finally, in experience <laughs> level. Um, that always helps. But we just – we almost know what it takes now what we need to do because we were so close and so many especially down the stretch in so many games with like over and over um and I think that we've finally like had our maturity level like keep going up and I think we'll finally be able to finish all those close games that we've been in what is uh the coaching staff coach Cole's communication been like during this time because I know she's a huge reader and obviously a very uh inspirational motivational type of person uh has she been um, giving you guys some like reading tips some uh, what what's the communication been like with her um well every day in our group she texts um, a thought of the day um, and those are really good um, and then we've been doing um, outside of our team meetings we've been doing a focused activity to try to you pick something to that you're going to focus on and see how long you can go without getting distracted because that will help us when we finally all get to come back and those have been really fun that's cool do you have okay I you for those that don't know you very humble very much a team person so for the numbers that you put up you don't really care about that I know but like you know that that is what you bring to this team so you do know that you have to shoot shoot the ball and shoot it well and shoot you know put up those the a lot of threes but do you have, do you set goals for yourself like of, hey, I want to hit this many or, hey, I want to shoot this percentage? Or is it more so just what I'm given any given night? Um, ever since I was a freshman um, at Oklahoma, like before the season, we set like goals. One of my goals was to shoot 60% from three. I haven't hit 60% yet, but. In a game or for the season? No, for the season. I was about to say, you, you've, you've had it uh, a few times in a game. That's crazy, though. But, the, I mean, they said, the coaches tell me all the time. It was so funny. Coquise Washington, we had her on our uh, the, at the Rudy show. She filled in for Sherry one time. And I always like to hear people's perspective the first time they go in the gym with you. And she said that, you know, she is just watching you shoot. And she's like, okay, there's no way she shoots like that in practice. And then you get in practice, and she's like, there's no way she shoots like that in a game. And then it's like, okay, she shoots like that in a game. But it is not, I mean, like a 50% a day for you in practice, they'll say, is an off day for you. So, I mean, it's doable, right? I mean, is it, it's yeah. just, are you thinking, I mean, you can't really think about the percentage, but like, 
how do you get there? Is it shot selection? Is it just, you know, I mean, again, just continuing to work, like how do you, that's crazy shooting 60% from three. But um, I, mean, I think it, it's a little bit, go ahead. A little bit of both, um, like shot selection a little bit. Cause sometimes I either force it or have to, um, but just shot selection and then making sure that I knock down the few wide open ones I get. Cause I know I missed a couple or quite a few wide open ones this year. It seemed like, um, but just getting in the gym, working, just like keep working. Cause you can, ne you're never like never settle. Cause you can always keep improving. That's very, very good. Good perspective. Do you hear when the fans are shocked when you miss? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> like when you have an open one, like people just assume that it's going in and then it's like, Oh, like it just didn't happen very often. People are like, Oh, like, it's like a, a reaction that you hear in the crowd. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, man, but I wouldn't have it any other way, but I hate when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you got to miss, right? Yeah, it happens. It happens sometimes. Just very, very, on very few occasions for Taylor Robertson. <laughs> well, we appreciate your time. It's been fun talking to you. I'm sure we'll have you on again, but... Um, Always love hearing the perspective of a shooter because I think what a lot of people don't understand is that um, the work that it takes to, sh to shoot the ball uh, like you do. And I think that's why your teammates respect and admire you uh, so much because you have put in the work to get there. So thanks again. And uh, what's, what's on, doc on the docket for the rest of the day? You going out to shoot? It's a nice day today, right? Um, yeah, I'm about to go shoot, play a little Fortnite. It'll work out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Out. Yeah, you uh, you're a big Fortnite person. Who who are you battling in Fortnite these days? Um, I'm playing with my brother. We team up in duos. Yeah, we take a lot of dubs. Um, I I bet you do. And then uh, <laughs> social media, tick. You've been TikToking or what? Not lately. I haven't done one in a while, but I might have to bring it back. Yeah, you might have to hop back on there if I'm if I'm pubbing you on this thing. <laughs> All right. Well, Taylor Robertson, appreciate your time. We look forward to seeing you back in the gym soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. We'll get you back to Meg and Jess here in just a bit. But right now, we are joined by Megan Duty. She is with Liv Norman. She is the customer sales and experience manager. And really appreciate her taking the time to join us here on the podcast. All right, educate me a little bit, Megan. What exactly is Liv Norman? Liv Norman is OU's premier student housing, and it's made up of three properties, Varsity House, Crimson Park, and Cottages of Norman. So it's different, right? And it's unique because you've got three groups coming together. Take me through what makes Liv Norman different and how it separates, separates itself from other student housing communities. Liv Norman um, is different because we cater to each student's lifestyle, their budget, and their floor pin preferences. Um, every property can cater to each student. So can you take us through what then this has been like for you? You know, you're going through this process where there's so much unknown. What has this experience been like and the challenges that have been presented for you personally? I mean, this has probably been as, as tough of a stretch as you've gone through and just trying to make sure the word's out there that, hey, we're here and we're going to be here during this time. It has definitely been very different for us, um, but it's giving us a new opportunity to reach out to our students in a different way. Um, everything is very virtual and social media, um, but it's been pretty cool being able to interact with people that way. 
Is there a way – you mentioned how it's virtual right now. Is there a way, a website that we can hit up that will help us better understand it and, and kind of everything about it? Yes. Our website is live-norman.com, or you can visit us on our Instagram, and it's livenorman. So the Varsity House, which is amazing, uh, Crimson Park, <laughs> and the Cottages as well, too. It's really unique how you've brought them all together, but, I mean, again, I – I always get asked, like, my favorite this, my favorite that. And you're like, I love all my kids. So in this instance, do you have a favorite? Is there anything that really stands out to you from each place? Um, From each place, I definitely do have a favorite. Varsity House is, they have the coolest clubhouse. They have a lot of amenities to offer. Um, Crimson Park has the best pool, I think. And then they have a really great hammock garden. That's like perfect place to go out and relax. And then the cottage community is definitely my favorite place because it just has like a community feel to it and the cute cottage houses. I love the fact that there's a website here where you can just go live-norman.com and you can basically go through everything. I can click on the cottages of Norman and I can see floor plan layouts. I can do the same thing for every single offering here, Crimson Park, Varsity House. You mentioned that virtual side of it. I can only imagine that that's been key in this entire process for you to have that entity to help spread the word, right, Megan? Absolutely. Um, The website, our Instagrams um, really have gotten the word out there for us. We've been doing virtual tours. That's got to be fun. That's got to be fun to kind of take through the virtual tours. All right, and I know you're a Sooner fan. So I got time for two more questions here before we get you out. But I've got to dig into your Sooner sports memory. If we go back, <laughs> Megan, what's your favorite Oklahoma Sooner sports memory? My favorite OU memory is during my first football game when they brought out the pride and the Sooner schooner. And I really just got to witness the hype and of OU tradition. You know what's funny is when I have family members that come, I'm from Illinois. So when I have family members that come in town, they are just in awe of our state pride. And to a, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. It's funny you bring that up, Megan, because almost every single person they say, yeah, whenever I saw everyone singing Oklahoma and the flag unfurl and the pride of Oklahoma, it can really be a goosebump inducing moment, right? Absolutely. Oh, that's great. All right, final thought, and I'll let you get out of here. How is Liv Norman involved with the Norman OU community, and what are you guys continuing to do to reach out? Um, we've had the opportunity to support ROTC, the Pride, Greek Life, Camp Crimson, and International Student Organization. Um, we also enjoy our partnership with Campus Corner and other local small businesses. Um, just keeping in touch is really what we are all trying to do right now during all of this, but it's going it's going really great. Live-Norman.com. That's live-Norman.com. On that website, there's tons of phone numbers to contact whomever you might need to talk to. And I got to tell you something, Megan, I've appreciated your time. Thank you so much for uh, giving us the 411 on everything going on with Liv Norman and look forward to talking to you soon. All right. Thanks for having me. The Sooner Sports Podcast is brought to you in part by Slim Chickens. There are a lot of reasons to order online and pick up at Slim Chickens. Get started at slimchickens.com or download our app. Also, Phillips 66 live to the full and Sooner fans. If you are interested in OU football season tickets for the 2020 season, call or text 405-325-2424 today for more information or log on to Soonersports.com. Don't miss a second of the action. Now here's Meg with Caitlin Milligan. Hi, everyone. Meg McDonald here with OU golfer Caitlin Milligan, the junior who just last year qualified for the 2019 NCAA championships as an individual after winning the NCAA Norman Regional. 
Caitlin, what's going on? What have you been up to in the past month or so? Um, I've just been hanging out at home with my family and some friends and um, social distancing. Um, I've been getting out to the golf course when I can, which has been good. I've been taking my dog on walks, and he's really tired. Um, but other than that, kind of just taking a break and enjoying the slower lifestyle. Um, I feel like we go 90 miles an hour all the time, and um, it's kind of nice to just, you know, take a break and slow down and enjoy some other things in life that sometimes we don't have time to enjoy. Uh, what dog do you have? What kind of dog do you have? I have a German Shepherd. Cute. What's his or her name? His name is Bronx. Um, but the problem is he's kind of old. And um, I took him on a two-mile run the other day, and he was tired for about three days. So oh. <laughs> um, my dad was like, Kaylin, you know, he's getting old, and you got to be careful. You can't be taking him for, like, two miles. Like, he doesn't run that much, and you need to slow it down. So, poor dog, but I feel oh, poor like outside. <laughs> <laughs> so I've seen a ton of golfers who either create their own chipping greens, putting greens in their backyards. Lindsey Gray Walton, the volleyball coach, her husband actually created his own putting green over this <laughs> time of isolation. And then you see golfers who have like the, who bought the putters that roll up in your house. Have you done any of that? I haven't. I have seen some really cool trick shots, though, that I want to try, um, like in the backyard or even in the house. Um, our assistant coach, Serm, he's been sending us some cool ones, and he even did some of his own. So I'm, I'm ready to try a few of those when I get the chance. So as we tape this interview, April 25th, Saturday morning, this would have been the weekend you guys would have played at the Big 12 tournament in Dallas. How has this team been able to stay in communication? What does that look like? Uh, we've been Zooming every week. We've been having team meetings every week um, with our mental coach, Dolores, and um, our strength trainer and, like, a few other people and our coaches. And we've just been talking about what this means and how we can make the most out of our time. Um, but overall, it's just really good to see everyone's face, like, once a week. And then we've started individual meetings with our coaches, which is good because I think I forget how much I just go in there and talk to my coaches. Mm -hmm. Um not necessarily like formal meetings, but just like talk to them and kind of missing out on that. So um, we've all been sending like funny snaps and um, we have like an Instagram group and we send like funny Instagram things or like golf things and or inspirational quotes to like keep us going through this time. And um, I think we've been handling it really well as a team. Um, so it's been pretty good. If you could pick one teammate who has the best trick shots, who would it be? Oh my gosh, can I pick Serm? Because that man can do anything <laughs> with a wedge. Um, geez. Like what? Like, what that, I do? don't know anyone who's really tried it. I know Sydney tried it in the co, like right before all of this happened. And, mm -hmm. and that was funny. She was doing it with a ping pong ball and it was pretty funny. So um, yeah, but Serm is just unbelievable with a wedge. And like, he's so creative that like things just happen. And I'm like, how did you even think of that? Um, yeah. Like, what does he do? I I honestly, like, don't even know how to explain it. He just, like, picks up his club and, like, things just happen. Like, I don't know if he knows what he's trying to do, and it, like, it, but it just happens. And, like, everything's funny. Like, he made it in a cup of water. Like, it bounced it in the other day, like, off of something. I don't even know. 
how he comes <laughs> up with this stuff, but awesome. a trick shot wizard sermist. Okay. I do want to get into your background just a little bit because you do have a pretty cool story. Norman native. Um, I will plug the feature I did on you last year. If you have not seen the feature on ss.tv, uh, go take a look, self plug, do not care. But as a Norman native, when did you originally start playing golf? And then when did you consider golf a part of your life, not just an after-school activity? Um, I probably started, actually, this is funny, because I was born in Tulsa, and I'm in Tulsa right now. And um, I drove, my parents gave me the address to our first house here. And I drove by the other day, and my dad texted me. I, like, sent him a picture. And he was like, do you see the scratch marks from your wedge on the sidewalk? So I guess I've been doing it since I was pretty little. Um, I know I started competitive golf when I was around seven. Um, and then from then on, it was pretty much a big part of my life. It was like a way for me and my dad to bond. And that was pretty cool. And like, we still do that, which is awesome. Um, I would say I played a lot of other sports until I was in middle school. And then once I was going on to high school, it was like a really big decision on whether or not I wanted to play volleyball in high school or not. And I decided not to. I think that was kind of the turning point like I was being recruited and I think it, it was like time for me to kind of pick and then that was kind of when golf became probably my main priority. So you ultimately chose to go to the University of Oklahoma kind of stay close to home. What was that decision like? Oh gosh that was so long ago but it was it was an amazing experience. I mean I'm so thankful to be around my be able to see my family like whenever I want and kind of, you know, you grow up watching these senior athletes on TV and they just, they seem like, you know, these big, like almost movie stars when you're growing up. Right. And to be able to be in that position now and be one of those people is like, it's just an amazing experience. You're a huge advocate for the mental side of golf. How did you originally realize the importance of that in your actual game? Um, my dad had been stressing it for a while. He was like, you're the only one getting in your own way. And like, I just was like, no, like I just need to practice. Um, <laughs> and a couple summers ago, I did this like mental training camp. Um, it's called boost. And, you know, they talk about meditating and they talk about positive self-talk and like all of this stuff. And it's kind of seems weird almost at first. And you're like, no way that works. Um, but then as soon as you like to that point where you're like, my game is good, but like, so maybe let's try a different, you know, a different way of getting better. And once you like realize that and do try the techniques that they teach, like it's amazing the difference that it makes, especially when your game is not there. And I think that's the most important part of golf is like, it's not how good you how good you are when you're playing well, but it's how good you are when you're not. And I think the mental part of it was what really helped me get my like rear end kind of up there you know um but I feel like just you know meditating positive self-talk and all that like it was weird at first and you're sitting there talking to yourself kind of and or really like focusing on within and it's like just you like learn a lot about yourself and I think it's not only important for golf but even like for life and being positive in everything you do and um I don't know it kind of it wasn't just like a let's get better at golf thing. It was kind of just like a life thing. And I think that's the really cool part about it. And um, yeah. So if you're not playing well, 
what are some of those tips and techniques that you use? A lot of it is positive self-talk. That is huge. And then I have this saying, it's called BAMO, and it's breathe and move on. And I think that's huge as well. Just being able to, like, put the past in the past, control what we can control, um, really focus on what's staying in the moment, right? That's huge, and that's something we even talk about a lot as a team and something we've been working on is just staying in the moment, staying present. And um, I think that's really important when things are going sideways. Like, you can't change your last shot, right? And um, I think it's really important just, I don't know, I guess some things I do to stay present, like, kind of shut your eyes and you listen to your surroundings, right? You really dig into what's going on around you and which kind of takes your mind off golf for a second and allows you to just kind of sit there and regroup and um, stuff like that. But a lot of the little acronyms and little sayings, kind of we have like these little cues and like I wear bracelets sometimes that have little sayings on them. And they're kind of just like a reminder to like, hey, kick it into gear, like you can do this kind of stuff. And um you know, it's hard to do on your own sometimes. So those little things are super important to kind of get you back into it. So we have to talk about Augusta and the fact that you were selected to represent Team USA in the 2020 Arnold Palmer Cup in addition to accepting an invitation to play in the 2020 Augusta National Women's Amateur. What was your reaction when the Masters got postponed? Oh, you know, I was looking forward to it a lot. Um, I was dealing with some things with my wrist, so I'm trying to look at it as a blessing in disguise that it's, you know, later on it gives me more time to prepare and add a few shots to my bag and stuff like that. Um, obviously, I was disappointed, and especially when it was up in the air, that was that was kind of scary and sad at the same time because I was like, man, like, am I even going to get to play? Like, this is crazy. Um, but then once they figured out, okay, you can play in the next one, like, it's completely fine. So um, I think I'm okay with it. I'm still excited <laughs> I get to go. Um, I'm kind of sad I might not be able to go twice now, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, it's and then the Palmer Cup, that's moved to December. So that's um, fine as well. We won't be going to Ireland, but you know, it's, it's still the same tournament. So I'm excited for that too. Uh, what was the communication like in both of those tournaments communicating with you and the other golfers about will you be able to play? I mean, Augusta's a dream, right? Like people who yeah. just go to the Masters to watch, that's a dream, let alone play. So what was yeah. that communication like? Um, they called, Augusta called me and they kind of continued to, to keep me updated and sent emails and they were like, hey, this is what, this is the plan. And then, but it'll come out tomorrow. So like, don't say anything kind of thing. Um, I think they just wanted to make sure everyone who got the chance this year still can have that chance. And I, I really appreciate that. And that they didn't just kind of like blow it off and say, we'll try it again next year. Um, which is how some tournaments are right now, especially like LPGA, like they just got flat out canceled. And that's, I don't know, that's hard when that's, you know, your life and that's what you look forward to. Um, the Palmer Cup was good as well. I remember we were on our way back from Arizona um, before everything kind of got shut down when our tournament got canceled there and the Palmer Cup called me and they were like hey like we just we don't want you to make any decisions like we still want you to play in this no matter when it is um, so basically saying like don't drop out or anything um, overall it was they're good they were really accommodating to us I think and 
um, really kind of helping us through that time, whether it was golf or whatever we needed. I'm bummed that you can't go to Ireland because when we originally found out and we, I interviewed you, you were so excited to go overseas, right? Like that was going to be so cool for you. I was excited. I was excited, but I mean, it's still an honor to play in the Arnold Palmer cup and, you know, I'm excited no matter where it is. So um, now we get to play his golf course, Bay Hill in Florida. So that's exciting too, like in its own way. Um, yeah, it could be worse. Yeah. Yeah, no, it definitely <laughs> could. <laughs> so you are the first Sooner woman to be named to the Palmer team, but there are two male golfers at OU that will also be playing kind yes. of with you at the Palmer Cup. That's Garrett Reband and Quade Cummins. How special is it to first – be the first OU female golfer to be playing? It's pretty special. Um, I mean, I, obviously, I'm just excited to go, but it's always nice to represent the university and, you know, wear OU stuff when you're there or whatever, and obviously not on the golf course. But, um, you know, I like being the face of that, and it's it's really special, you know, just like you said, being from Oklahoma and um, all that. So I'm super honored to be able to do that. And the fact that you'll be playing with two other Sooners now again on the male side, but both the women and the men practice at the Ransom Short Course, the Charlie Coe Center, right on the University of Oklahoma's campus. How has that new property, that new development, that new practice course helped your game improve over the last year or so? That short course is amazing. Like Oklahoma's pretty flat, right? And it's hard to find shots with elevation and with slope and stuff. And they did an amazing job adding all of that into the Ransom short course. And um, I think just being able to see different looks and stuff, because, you know, I grew up at OU. Coach Weaven let me practice out there when I was younger a few times. I took lessons with the old assistant coach. So I got to be on the co-side of things um, every once in a while. And sometimes, like, it's the same look, right? So you kind of get used to it. You kind of get better. But Ransom, you will not hit the same shot twice, and I think that's just, that's an important part of golf, like, you never hit the same shot twice, and I think just being able to see it differently, and I mean, that course doesn't even look like it belongs in Oklahoma, which is amazing, (laughs) Um, so I think, you know, you get a lot of, and it's always pure, Cliff does a great job, it's always pure, the grass is always amazing, and the greens are so fast and so slopey, and you know, that's something we run into when we go to tournaments, too, is, like, we're, like, oh, my gosh, like, I've never seen this much slope in my life, and, you know, but now we have because we have it, Um, so I think that's really essential to how we can improve um, on the practice end of things. Okay, Caitlin, just a couple more questions. Golf can be such an intimidating game to start, especially as an adult, right? What advice would you give girls or even women who are a little nervous to get started. They don't want to go out and miss all the time. They think people are watching them off the tee. What <laughs> advice would you give new beginners? Oh gosh. Um, well, to be honest with you, I almost feel like a beginner right now. Like I'm going on eight <laughs> weeks off and um, I was out at the golf course the other day looking down the tee and I was like, wow, that looks narrow. But like any other time I just get up there and whack it and like not even think twice. But um, so I totally understand where they're coming from now. Um, But I would just say, like, honestly, I think it's okay to acknowledge that it is hard. Like, golf is hard, and I think we forget that sometimes. And, you know, it is a learning process, but I think anyone can get out there, and if you stick at it, like, you can can do it. And also, it's like a 
it's just a fun way to make friends and get out there with people, especially now social distance. Um, so I think it's just a really great place to, you know, make connections, have relationships and, um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how you play as long as you're having fun. Like that's all that matters. It's interesting. You say we should acknowledge that the game itself is really hard. I was listening to a podcast from one of the PGA tours, tour players, being interviewed and he said that what bothers him about golf coverage sometimes is that they only show the good shots they only yes. show the top few players in the league they never show the bunker yeah. shots unless they're fantastic bunker shots right like they almost go in every time yeah. they're making 40 foot putts and that's all <laughs> they show so yeah. I think that's just like acknowledging that the game is actually hard and you're not going to play like a pro on the LPGA like that's important <laughs> I agree and I think it, that took me a while to realize, like, I probably was in college before I, you know, realized, wait, they're not perfect all the time? Like, oh, okay, cool, because I'm not either. Like, that's good to know, because they do show, like, every time they show a putt on the PGA Tour, they make it, and you're just mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, I have to make them all. We even, as a team, we look up the stats, like, putting stats on tour, and Sarm is like, what, what do you think it is? And I'm like, I don't know, like, 90 <laughs> percent and he's like 32 and I'm like because that's all you see is it going in every time or if they hit a bunker shot you're right it like either lifts out or it goes in or it's this far and two inches or something and um but it's also good to see them like I don't want to say this but it's good to see them mess up like that mm -hmm. that's good for me because okay they're not perfect and they are practicing and they are just like me and that's fine and it is hard golf is hard and I sometimes it takes you like not playing your best or having a new look or whatever me taking this much time off I'm like wow golf is hard like holy moly like I hit the middle of the face like nine times out of ten and that's that's hard like how do I do that I don't know <laughs> like <laughs> serious. how do I even do that I don't even know <laughs> okay last question for you before I let you go I appreciate you taking all this time out early on a Saturday morning um, this is strictly selfish for me. My short game is absolute trash. Like I can't chip <laughs> to save my life, Caitlin. So I raised the question, give me a couple tips and tricks to hit a decent 60 degree wedge, a 56, anything. Okay. Some things mean Sarm talk about with me is I tend to grip it really hard. And if you're not comfortable, your grip gets tighter. Um, so make sure your hands are super soft and my dad always says like you're holding a baby bird which I've never held a baby bird so that analogy is kind of hard but um, make sure your grip tension is super like light like you're barely holding on to it and then one thing that's huge for me is really making sure my weight is on my front foot because I tend to hit behind it a lot so really making sure my weight is on my front foot and then just turning your chest through. All right, I will implement them as soon as I can get on the course. Thank you so much. I will. I will. I, I'm not kidding. It's, it's garbage. I really need. I'm like putting from like the fairway because I don't trust my chip game. Like it's hey, so bad. Do you, hybrid? Do you have a hybrid? Yeah. Use a hybrid. Really? Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Okay. Okay. I'm going to try a hybrid and then I'll put my foot, I'll put the weight on my front foot ease up my grip, and I will keep you updated. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, Caitlin, thanks so much for your time, and uh, stay safe out there. Well, thanks for having me. You guys, too. Here's What's on Tap, brought to you by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Oklahoma. Tomorrow, the 2013 OU at Notre Dame.
Dave is featured in our Sooner Classics. And then on Friday, Grace Lyons joins us for a complete recap of the wild end to the 2020 softball season. And this weekend, it's the 2015 thriller between OU and Tennessee. Again, that's What's on Tap, brought to you by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Oklahoma. For Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Oklahoma updates, please check out bcbsok.com. With regard to medical treatment, members should call the number on their ID card for answers to their specific benefit questions. Our members' well-being remains our top priority as we continue to monitor developing news about COVID-19. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention website is the best source for all the most up-to-date COVID-19 information. Okay, as we wrap things up here on the Sooner Sports Podcast, our OU Women's Wednesday edition with Jess and Meg. Um, great stuff from Taylor Robertson and then closing it out from Caitlin Milligan. And uh, Meg, again, I, I think you, you guys talked a lot about her potentially playing in Augusta. And uh, maybe what pe listeners might not know is that this is still a fairly new thing. Uh, you know, women were not allowed to even play on the course at Augusta National for years and years and years. And it's still very, very hard to even get to play on that course. So Julian Sue was the first OU women to actually get the invite in the uh, inaugural tournament uh, a year ago. And she talked about just how big of an honor it is to be a woman to get to play on that course, because for so long, women weren't allowed to play on the course. Yeah, Jess. And we even dive into some advice that she gives to girls or women that may feel intimidated because it still is somewhat of a, a sport where women just aren't encouraged to play as much. So that advice she gave was super cool to me. And then of course the advice she gave to my own personal game because my short game is just garbage. So <laughs> I think a lot of people know I'm a fan girl of Caitlin Milligan. Her just having the chance to play in Augusta, it's gonna be huge come November. And then the Arnold Palmer Cup, that's a Ryder Cup style. She'll get to represent Team USA, and that will be in December. So huge, bright future for the junior uh, in Caitlin Milligan, for sure. So we should just call this the fangirl episode of the That's what I'm Sports thinking. Podcast. When we when we originally scheduled these two, I was like, okay, Jess loves basketball. I love golf. Like, this is the perfect week for the two of us. Yeah, I just – I think it's so interesting, again, just uh, both uh, – both athletes such cool unique stories and both going to be around so you know Sooner fans uh, get to know them follow them because you're going to see great things for both of them coming up uh, in the future once they uh, get to return to their uh, respective sports so all right that will do it for this edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast Jess and Meg edition on this OU Women's Wednesday again follow us on Twitter at Jessica Cootie at Meg underscore underscore McDonald love to get your thoughts who you would like to have here on the podcast. And uh, thanks again for listening. And we'll talk to you next week here on the Sooner Sports Podcast.